Pai, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode is produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. Everyone, it's Michelle Lightworker here and welcome to Enlightened Conversations. Today I have the wonderful Lauren Kirth joining me for an enlightened conversation about all things ET and we are going to have, I'm sure, a really awesome convo on so many different subjects today. Um, let me formally introduce Lauren to you. Put my goggles on. As you can see, I'm all rugged up again for winter. It's lovely. <laughs> So Lauren Kirk is a cosmic visionary, a quantum movement mentor and support specialist. She's also an experienced sound healer and she's done work as a UFO ET quantum contact global leader, a teacher and field work group leader. Uh, she's also had experience as a quantum intelligence healer, a public speaker, writer and published columnist. Um, and she's also a quantum healing hypnotherapist and thought field therapy facilitator. So as I mentioned before, Lauren um, has uh, also appeared in the recently released documentary Arenda by the award-winning filmmaker Lana Marconi. Um, and for those of you who don't know anything about Arenda, um, I will will uh, talk about it in a little while, but it's basic, basically about the undeniable intelligent force that flows through everything. Just that, okay. <laughs> so welcome, welcome, Lauren. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, I I know sometimes we have these little technical glitches and then everything just worked at the, at the end. I love that. I love that uh, we just kind of rolling with it. Okay, what else? We'll work it out all of a sudden at the end. All of a sudden you appeared. It was wonderful. Yeah, I just got into a connected state and shifted the energy and away it went. Ah, perfect. That's beautiful. I um I like to say to people we always have a backup plan. So we can always you know, you can always call in if we have any technical issues and things like that. But it's so lovely to see you and to visually see your face and just to to be in that, yeah, visual space. So welcome. You too, thank you. And um so uh just for anybody who doesn't actually perhaps understand what a UFO, ET, quantum contact global leader is, do you want to just explain that to people so they have more of an insight um, as to what you're about and what you do there? Sure. Um, I run uh, public groups for quantum contact um, UFO, ET contact events. So I've been having um, contact with non-human intelligence since I was about four years old and through the course of my experience I had downloads uh, through my higher self and I got my own protocols on how to make contact so I formulated a structure and a training and I give a two-hour training and then a five-hour skywatch um, based on my protocols I also give um, private group trainings where I go to people um, and they have their own group at their own property and I teach them my protocols and I have probably a 99% success rate wherever we do the protocols at any time we always have some form of contact. I'm getting goosebumps as you're talking to me 
um, about this. And I feel like it's a sign that um, it's almost like the protocol side of things that you're sharing with people really acts like a magnet. Um, would you would you concur? Like, would you feel that that's true? Absolutely. Um, there's a doctor in the States called Dr. Joseph Burks who called me a prime contactee, which means that energetically I've been prepared for this all my life, which I would totally agree with. Um, but yes, the protocols that I teach that were downloaded to me also match perfectly with Nassim Haramine's free energy um, device protocols. When I met Nassim, I was quite blown away at, at how close related the protocols are so I'm really teaching people about how to switch on their energy how to get into a state of contact in a real heart space and how to engage with non-human intelligence wow I love it it's fascinating um, and um, you know I, I, I feel like um, it's you know there's a for me because I operate on 12 high vibrational principles one of those principles is willingness and for me, I feel like our will has to be engaged and we have to actually want to um, have, have a connection. I know sometimes it's spontaneous because we're ready and I, I've experienced that myself, but I feel like when, when you really want to progress and, um, and extend yourself to learn more and to understand more, you really need to engage that willingness, um, don't you? I think that's a big one. I don't know if that's part of your protocols, but that's a big one for me. Sure, really just an open mind. Um, oh, that's one of my principles. <laughs> I, I do charge a fee at my events for covering costs and things like that, but this, that's also an energetic commitment to the participant to show up with an expectation um, that they're going to be open to doing that. And during the training, uh, people certainly get to experience a different energetic resonance within themselves, their own frequency and have quite a distinction between before they came and while they're there and then during the event. I also um, often will show a lot of photos of the phenomena, which isn't just the classic disc in the sky. There's so many different forms of contact. So I think the visual of that really opens people's mind and excites them to being open to seeing, and that creates an energy with the, within the group as well. Um, I love people that come along with healthy skepticism. I find that when they see something and their energy expands, it really contributes to the group. So that's great. It's amazing the shifts that people have. And um, as I said, like um, one of my my other principles is open-mindedness. Um, doesn't doesn't surprise me that that's something in your protocol. And then the other one, the other one of the principles that I really feel like is um, kind of what we're talking about is unity. So, you know, when someone's energy expands and um, they get these confirmations and then because they have this sense of it's real, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's actually, I'm connected to this, I can feel it, um, it, it brings more in. Um, so, but I love what you're saying there about healthy scepticism. I, I think it's great. I think that people also need to um, have their questions and, and, and be willing to um, question um, how things work and why they are the way they are. I think it's uh, never stop questioning is, is something that's really important to me and, and also part of keeping an open mind. Absolutely. And the healthy scepticism is great because it allows people discernment um, and to ask questions, especially of yourself, is very important because a question, every, every piece of information that flows to you has come from a question. 
most of them are unconscious. So when people are asking questions of themselves and the experience, they're actually all questions are directed to your higher self. So they um, start to receive the energy, uh, sort of the information that they want to receive. Uh, that also unlocks their uh, awareness that they have this immense infinite power within themselves to connect with things beyond the scene and bring that into a visible spectrum or, or an experience that they can feel, smell, taste, touch or see um, or perceive. So that's really great. Oh, that's amazing. And it, it does become more real um, and feels, I think, um, you know, originally starts off perhaps as a feeling. I, I get a sense that there might be something around here. Um, but then, um, yeah, there might be as you're layering, you layer, layer the experience as well. Um, but I'm, I'm a big believer that we all experience things um, in the way we're ready for. So don't discount it. Like if you can't see something that maybe someone else sees at that moment or what have you, it's not that you weren't meant to see it. It's perhaps you need to tune into your own way of, of connecting. And that could be through a feeling, energy, or, or, or a sound, or a hearing, or just knowing. Um, and, and that's important too, hey? Absolutely. Part, part of my protocol, um, all energy is around us. All frequencies um, are in that what we would call the Aranda field or quantum source energy, the quantum unified field. So during my process, we actually bring energy in for people to be able to see, feel, perceive, smell, hear on a level that they've never experienced uh, at their most heightened experience at the moment for their highest good. So um, we all see our visual eyes at my groups. This very rarely unless someone's got glasses that they don't get to see what what's going on um i have made a bit of a uh not a contract but i've had an understanding that in those groups if i'm to contribute and commit to those that they will show up in a manner that we all get to experience it which is really really great and and, so thank you yeah do you guys use telescopes as well or is it the no. naked eye okay naked eye naked yeah. eye um i really am focusing on at the moment is bringing stuff into our circle so we see a lot of things in the sky high up deep space some a lot closer um in the bush around us we've seen lots of blue flashing lights that have gone on for like 20 minutes but my intention is to really bring it into the group i have had physical contact myself and I would like um, everyone to experience some form of that. The other thing with a group like that is we've created a real connected space of trust and people come in with the understanding that they can share an experience without the person. And it's amazing when we do that and I use protocols to connect everyone in a heart space, the trust that's built in a group and the experiences that people begin to share. And then most people recognize they have had some form of experience. That's why they're there. That's why they're attracted to it. Um, their intuition knows where they need to be led. And once they've actually voiced that out loud, that expands the experience even more and it builds on the energy of contact. It's really important. Isn't that beautiful though, that, that um, the people that gravitate to these things have, have perhaps maybe had some inkling of it and so together as a group it builds that energy even more, like there's, there's a validation and a confirmation and um, yeah, and, and, and it expands their experience because they're collective and I think that's exciting, I'm, I'm, I'm big on that, like let's all get together and 
um, you know, yes, as individuals, we're waking up and we're awakening, but um, I think you and I, as illuminated leaders, you know, we're much more about community and that really does shine through with illuminated leadership. It's, it, it is really about bringing people together and really um, not about the ego and, and it's more about, hey, it's a we, it's a we, it's about us. And I love how you start it with the heart and I was going to ask you that, so you, you beat me to it um, because, yeah, one of my principles is love and coming from that heart space and it's wonderful that you start at, at that space um, because, uh, you know, I mean, Honestly, um, over the span of my life, I, I've had lots of connection with um, amazing, beautiful, high, high vibrational beings. But at the same time, in other times of my life where I have been in a very fear-based state, I know, and I can look back on those times now, and I know that I was acting some lower vibrational frequency beings. And that was because I was in that space and I had that all happening in my energetic field and in my mind. And so that's what I, that's what I was attracting to me. And so we can change that. That's a really Absolutely. powerful realize. That's 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 full on powerful to, to realize that the ability to, to really tap into that uh, arenda, which I'm going to describe to people because people hearing this arenda, arenda, they probably have no idea what we're talking about. But um, I'll, I'll read you the description. Of the film arenda. Um, it is about the undeniable intelligent life force that flows through everything, connecting all that is through vibration. Uh, this hidden power called Aranda by Indigenous people pulls us forward into higher realities of consciousness that includes telepathic communication with advanced benevolent star nations, spontaneous healing, shape-shifting, directing nature at will, activating superhuman abilities and engaging in other multidimensional experiences characteristic of the evolving new human, desiring ultimate fulfilment. So that's um, that's a little bit about Arenda, which I, I love beautiful. the way that's Isn't that beautiful, the way the way Lana, Lana Marconi, the award-winning director who's, who's put that um, film together, that we so we 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 just um, so happen to be in, which is exciting. <laughs> um, and also, um, I, I, I do want to mention to people that uh, something, some brand new news, straight off the, straight out of the brand new uh, newsroom, um, is that Arenda the film uh, is going to be screened on the Sunshine Coast on the 22nd of August at Caloundra Big Screen Cinemas. So we're very excited. There's going to be um, my birthday. Oh my God! It's your birthday. The and 20 I may unfortunately be in America on a, a UFO tour, actually. So. Yeah. Oh wow! Okay, but that's okay. I mean, it's exciting that it's on your birthday. It's exciting it that it's a beautiful confirmation that um, that you were meant to be in the film, um, and that you're you're off doing UFO amazing UFO things. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. So yeah. Very excited about being in, in the movie. Um, yeah, do you want to do you want to share a bit more about your experience of being in the movie? I, I'm happy to share mine, but I'd love to hear yours. Sure. Um, to be honest, I actually don't remember a lot of what I've said. Um, mm. uh, I know Lana said it was great. It was filmed with one take when she uh, in one go. She just stopped once to ask me a question. 
But what I really did is got into a connected state and spoke from my heart and spoke from my truth. So uh, word for word, I, I am not sure exactly what I said. I have an idea of what I said and I was very happy with what I said um, and it just loved the way it flowed. And I think when you're speaking from your truth and from your heart and from your own experience, not someone else's truth, the right stuff that needs to reach the people that will be seeing that film just seems to happen. I, I did feel that as I was watching the film. I really did feel that everybody was really connected. And thank God, because I think that would have really shown if people weren't. I feel that, that everybody, I know for me, I was getting goosebumps as I was like sharing everything that I was sharing. And um, I really felt in the flow of that. And, and as a collective, we're talking about the collective, like as a collective of, of, of people sharing about this topic, I felt really excited to, to be in that in that collective because um, we're really promoting it as a group and um, promoting that connect various ways of connecting, um, but as a group and and we all have different kind of ways that we gravitate. But it's all connected, like it, it's like what you do. Like I, I I live my life in these high vibe principles, right? They still navigate me to have similar experiences you do, and you. <laughs> It's kind of interesting, you know, like they all kind of meet together because we're coming from similar vibrational intentions, right? Absolutely. And uh, it's it's wonderful to do it as a collective because humanity is awakening at different levels and we all are coming from the same energy, that Aranda, or um, it's the, the energy of uh, the greater soul that's projecting um, and creating this reality as we, we are the soul experiencing itself. Um, and it resonates with different people that are at different levels of their experience and their awakening. So I think it's important to have that community of people to share that um, so that it does resonate with, with multiple levels of people. And, and I really loved the amount of doctors and professional people in there because there's that whole part of society that is awakening that's still very left brain and, and they love the facts, they love the science and it's, wonderful to see people of that caliber are having these experiences and sharing them openly as well yeah definitely and um i hope you can see me because i've just noticed i've disappeared on the other side of the screen which is kind of I funny see you. oh fabulous i'm hoping everybody else can see me too it's kind of like a, a kind of um surreal experience to <laughs> to be here but not here it's kind of funny <laughs> considering yeah. the topic material that we're talking about um mm, I should take a photo. I should take a photo with my phone. Um, I will, I will, I will, because I think it's good to do that kind of stuff and then I can show you what I see. I just want to touch on what you said about um, being leaders in the field. And I think it's really important for people that are awakening to get a clear distinction about what a leader is. A leader has no intention of creating followers. Yeah. They are creating a community where they lift each other up where they don't see themselves on a pedestal or as a guru. I am uh, very cautious of anyone that uh, considers themselves a guru and wants followers and all that sort of thing. A leader really um, draws everyone as a community and supports everyone as an equal and shares openly. Yeah, I agree 100%. And um, I'm, I'm really a big believer that um, every single person is, is is merely an extension or a part of myself anyway and, and, and vice versa. Like we're, we're all in this together. So it's no use trying to kind of feel like 
special and 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 different like we're we're just experiencing a part of ourselves right so it's not like we're really i mean we're important we're all important we're all equal in that but i'm just saying like you know if we're comparing ourselves to people all the time and all we're really doing i think is is, is we're in denial around our um our capacity to be any to be able to do anything to to be able sure. to um yeah not not put ourselves in a little mold of oh this is just me um I know, I know for me, like I've come into this lifetime with, um, you know, a particular personality and, and, and I like my personality and things like that. But at the same time, you know, I, I, I do experience, I experience very different aspects of myself all the time. And for me, my go-to is very fun and happy and uh, I, I kind of am like that 90% of the time. But, you know, there are other times that I am extraordinarily serious or what have you or extraordinarily focused especially when I'm working and you wouldn't recognize me but it's still me um, and, it's, and it's beautiful to be able to allow ourselves to have all aspects and express all aspects of ourselves I believe that's um, really yeah and, to, and 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 then that's when we can actually see that in everybody else instead of oh they're looking up to me because um, I'm so whatever um, but they're really they just they just haven't perhaps experienced that part of themselves yet they, they will get there because we all have to so you know they're not different for me no um i i have a slightly different view i think we are all special we've all chosen to come here we just all have a different piece of the puzzle and we all have different roles us all being special doesn't make anyone better than anybody else and i do believe we're actually all very different um, there's this whole talk about how we're all connected. We're connected as far as the Aranda force or the greater soul projecting, but we are most definitely individual. Um, we're, not, we're not all the same. We all come in with that different role, so we can't all be the same. And being an individual um, and being comfortable with that and knowing who you are is really, really important. And usually people are looking to others um, perhaps in an unhealthy way is really just a reflection of how much they don't make themselves a priority in their life and own who they are and own their power. And that's based on our beliefs and our programming that we get when, when we're young. Um, that really doesn't serve us because most of us are actually living lives that belong to somebody else based on someone else's beliefs or what society's projected at us. And I think the more you become a conscious being that you aren't just a body, that you are truly the soul um, or the higher self inside is the real part of you. Um, and it comes with its own purpose. So in, in, in a way, we are all different. But I think that's a really, really beautiful thing because it, um, it's those pieces of the puzzle all coming together and fitting as the whole, which is awesome. When I had a, um intergalactic conversation from a, with a being from another universe, one of the things he mentioned to us was that where their universe is at, they've evolved to a place beyond form. So what they're continuing to do is they're having conversations, telepathic conversations with each other, where they can actually see every lifetime that's been lived and it's they're actually helping each other to what he called resolve. So in essence, yes, everybody's an individual, but um, we're all here to help each other to resolve or come to a place of peace around every single issue we have. And so in that particular lifetime, um, that's kind of the last, if you like, last quarter call 
um, to resolve everything. And he mentioned to me that the ability for us to um, see someone else's history or timeline and their issues as they're speaking come up gives us a big picture of what they've gone through and gives us a really good idea of perhaps where they're stuck or what have you. And so it's only by that communication at that last point between people really, um, which brings us back to that community um, idea, that that person can actually find a place of resolution and peace. And so I agree with you and insofar as, um, you know, like we are, like we have this will, it's our own, we're an individual, it's our, um, it's our job, it's our responsibility to, to eventually to resolve, to come, to come to a place of peace um, so that, that our contribution to, as you're saying, to the bigger picture is um, it, it all fits together, like in a, in a res resolved way. I don't know. I haven't, Lauren, I haven't found, the, I'm writing a book on it at the moment. I haven't found the words yet to explain the incredible um, insight and power that that meeting has provided me with yet. I still haven't. I don't even know if I ever will, but I do know that was absolutely huge and um, I have so much respect for people that are helping any, any of us to get to places of peace quicker so that they can feel um, resolved quicker. Sure. I, I had a similar experience with a, a being that come uh, from that, what we'd call more of a collective consciousness where they're living uh, as light beings through that state. And they actually um, described to me uh, the distinction between here and there. And theirs was that they'd evolved to a level where they were working basically on raising frequency and everyone being resolved at the same plane. So they were um, brought into manifestation into a role that they were quite happy to to do but it wasn't like here where you can choose a different job and you can move around everyone had their role and it was about everyone rising in their vibration together they described the difference in earth was that we were individuals and we don't get to remember always all of our own lives um, and that the only shift in consciousness that would happen on this planet would be an individual shift in consciousness um, the reflection that you're talking about if you are triggered by someone is really just the deliver of the gift of what needs to be resolved within yourself and um when we are being distracted constantly by the external by um looking for signs and signals all the time it takes us away from our inner truth and our inner truth the, the answers that you can receive from your higher self has the answers to everything you need. And I think sometimes when we're looking externally, we're looking to fix something, something that we've experienced that has caused us pain or grief um, and that still continues to trigger us. But when we internalize that and we, we listen to our own truth, the only thing there is to do is to get to a state of ease. So if you imagine a state of ease um, be removing the energy that's triggering and then connecting more with your own frequency. I call that the zero point of the heart, a state of ease where you're neither at a low or you're not overexcited. And what happens is that is when you're completely connected with your higher self, which is your highest frequency resonance that you can be in a human body, 
uh, if you imagine the trigger has a resonance here, but your higher self is here. When you get to that, you stop subscribing to this. So what happens is being energetic humans, we're resonating out to the universe and the universe is responding to us. Life isn't happening to us. We're the total creators of every experience we've ever been through. And that's where people get stuck because we can't imagine we created things that don't serve us. And that's based on those beliefs. So when you continue to get at ease, rather than try and fix something, you shift your frequency away from it where you no longer subscribe. And what that does is bring up what needs to be addressed. And that's how you manage to move forward. That's how you become resolved within yourself. And then you can take the best part of you and share that with the world. And you live your life by example. And that's 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 the real way that people are drawn to your energy because they want that resolve within themselves. And I think I think that's a real important distinction. And that's our free will. That's our yeah, free totally, will. Yeah, totally agree with you. And yeah, one, one of the, the, the beings' name is Ralph, by the way. Um, he said to me that it was definitely a place of humanity that he was talking about. Um, and he was showing me that there are different universes that have stages of humanity, if you like. And he was showing me a certain stage um, and he said, it's not the spirit world. I'm not, I'm, I know you can't see me. I know you can hear me, but it's not the spirit world, okay? You know, like he was making a really firm distinction because um, it's easy to get confused when there's no form, but it could be humanity. But um, yeah, it was really interesting. And um, I'm still integrating it. It only happened like about uh, probably five weeks ago. <laughs> and I was just like, holy cow, like this is like mind blowing. And, um, but um, yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm in agreement with you. It's it's really um, about owning our life and owning our choices, and you know, not uh, not limiting ourselves too. And I think that's where I get the unity thing. That's where the unity thing really comes in for me, because I look like every everybody else is just an expression of every single aspect of myself. And so, how do I feel about that aspect? How do I feel about that aspect? How do I feel about that aspect? They're doing me a favor by showing me that aspect of me. And am I at peace with it or am I, you know, or am I, you know, where am I, where am I, you know, and, and, and so no one's, yeah, like people, the buzzword is life's not happening to you, it's happening for you. Um, it's true. I mean, it is true. because it's through you. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it, no, you're not just happening for you, but through you. Exactly. Thank you. It's owning it in even bigger steps. It's 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 taking it to that point where you're saying everything's serving me, every single little thing. Um, I'm not going to have an attitude about anything that happens because someone might have needed that to happen for their evolution. So why why should I be complaining if I really care for that person? And it looks like something shit house is happening to that person. I should really be celebrating because I know that they have had to go. They've had to go through that particular challenge for them to actually be stretched, perhaps broken open, whatever, whatever, to get to the next level. Whether it's this life, next life, whatever, and that's why I don't have a judgment on things like, you know, suicide or I don't. I just don't. I just think we're we're on a continual evolution here. We're 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 learning the best we can with what we've got. Sometimes we get to a certain point. And it doesn't mean we'll stop. We'll just pick it up where we left off, right? Absolutely. And I think it's um, really important uh, when we when we are triggered because life happens around us and these triggers happen all the time. 
um, is to recognize that the ego mind is triggered and to be grateful that you've had that awareness is the first thing. And then to recognize, um, don't stop there. Ask yourself, why is that triggering me? And be open to receiving the answers because that's when the gold's going to come to you as to what needs to be addressed within yourself. Um, yes. It could be just an energy you're holding. Uh, people tend to get triggered and they, they go into judgment because they let their ego sit with them and, and trigger them there. And a really quick way to get out of that is to bring it back to you and ask a question of yourself. Why is that person triggering me? And it's not because, you know, they're doing something, you know, they're being a bitch or whatever. Excuse me. Um, it's, it's that they're triggering uh, an experience that I haven't addressed yet or something that I did that I've been denying of myself or I've been judging myself rather than just seeing it as an experience and how can I grow from that? Yes, and this is the other one which um, I have experienced and gone, oh, um, is that I, when, I, when someone did something that would maybe usually trigger me but I wasn't triggered, right? But I recognised it could have triggered me because it would have. And I went like, oh, I wasn't triggered. Oh, that's interesting. Like, you know, like had that experience. And then I've actually gone, I've responded completely differently because I'm not triggered, right? So I've, I've responded in a polite way, whether it's vibrationally or actually physically or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden that I see that person has a transformation because I didn't engage in what I usually would have in myself and I just see the whole thing heal like quickly for them. Sure, I'm like, sure. I must have been like some kind of that person that we all have, right? Um, that doesn't respond to a trigger and we go, oh wow. <laughs> wow. They're, they're they're really amazing. Like I must have been that person for that person. Because we because you know we've all had them, right? We're like, um you, you look at some people. And you see how they respond to a really heightened situation. You go, wow. And um, and I think that that's cool too. That we that we take the ego out of it and we go, well, it's not all about me all the time. I mean, sometimes it's someone else is having a thing, and I'm part of helping them see their thing, and that's helping obviously me see how far I've come. So it's also that other anti-ego thing of not coming from. It's all about every single thing that happens in this whole universe, even. Like that person crossing the road down there, it's all about me. Everybody's got their own thing happening. And as a collective, we're supporting, we, I believe, this goes back to my conversation with Ralph that I was telling, telling you about, I believe as a community, we are supporting everybody to evolve um, on some level. So, you know, all the work you're doing is amazing. Um, and, and, and talking about it is amazing. Not just doing it, but you coming on here, talking about it, you're sharing it in a render um, and, and, getting on that those bigger platforms um i think it, it's really important because um more and more people are waking up to it and more and more people need that validation um like i went into i went to the i went into get something the other day from the local shops right and this is how this stuff works isn't it right so i'm like oh yeah i just need to get this la la, la. um and then for some reason um we had a conversation about something that led to, um, you know, oh, you're on television or something. Because I was talking about what show do you have? And I was like, oh, yeah, she goes, spiritual. And I said, yeah. <laughs> and then she goes, oh, I'm spiritual, you know. And then she goes, oh, every day I have to come home and while I'm cooking dinner I have to listen to something or watch something that's spiritual. And, um, oh, that's right. She 
went to the local chemist shop, you know, and I, I went in there to get some um, some of my, my makeup. And then she was like, you would think it, right? Oh, someone's working in a chemist, drug pushes, whatever you want to call it. But if you put that judgment on that person before, you know, having this conversation, then they say, oh, they're desperate and hungry for spirituality. I mean, this is where we find people. They're not, it's not obvious. Like we, we just, we, we tend to think people are spiritual, are, you know, doing obvious spiritual things. But like horrendous flowing through everyone, the chemist shop workers. There you go. That's a great example. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. And when you were talking about not being triggered earlier, that's what I call, um, you know, you were holding space for that person, but you were also maintaining your own resonance and you're in a place of observation rather than reaction. So that's where you observe yourself and how you're feeling rather than reacting to it or becoming your emotions. And that's, that's really important. And that's what really, when people talk about holding space, that's what that is. And often when you're in a situation where someone's in a very reactive state, you watch what happens when you go into silence. They're left with the sound of their own voice. They're left with their own actions and then they have to address that because people can't fight with themselves, but they also, most people will apologize because they actually recognize that they're being reactive and that you didn't feed into that or buy into it and you held space for them to have that awareness and that's a really great thing. And to be able to support someone and, and not judge them and let them know, look, that's okay, it's just something that needs to be addressed. Can I support you in any way? It's really important. And the other thing that you touched on was about being spiritual and the lady having to go home and listen to something. I find in my observation, um, and I don't feel it's a judgment, there is a huge confusion about what being spiritual is. That people think that we have to change, we have to become a vegan, we have to start juicing and detoxing and we have to dress a certain way and have crystals. And I, I was uh, guilty of that myself. But the definition for me of being spiritual is 100% being my authentic self in every moment. Being able to speak my truth in every moment without worrying how it affects someone else. And that's where you were saying you know, that person might be going through something and they, they needed that experience. Sometimes the experience is, is that you need to speak your truth even if they don't like it. Um, yes. because that is your truth and when you're speaking the truth from your connected state it's always for the highest good of everyone they totally might not perceive it that way and that's based on their level of awareness within themselves but I think that's really important yeah yeah it's, it's totally true and I just chuckled to myself because I, I, I tend to do that more and more nowadays um just do state my truth and and, and things like that but it's not in a contrived way like I think when I was a 15 year old I used to like to rock the boat with how I sort of spoke to people if I see something was they'll bullshitting you know and um, nowadays I feel like it's more uh, yeah just definitely kind of clean it's just about me will either be about my needs or limits um, and I have no problem with owning my needs or my limits because um, I, I have no problem admitting I'm a human being and I have no problem admitting that some days I'm, I have more energy and other days I don't or I have more time or whatever it is because I live in this human plane and that's cool. Um, so sometimes I just, um, yeah, no, I'm sorry or what have you, but I'm able to do that um, or I don't agree with that, but, you know, I'm, you know, this is how that would work for me. You know, I'm just kind of more... Nice, <laughs> nice sure. and genuine. Not not uh, 
uh, honest in a bitchy way, I guess, you know? Well, and I think that comes down to experience, but also being in a collective heart space. I mean, as the 15-year-old, it was most likely um, you hear people speaking just to reply or uh, they get defensive because their belief system is being challenged. I think being disruptive is a good thing when it's coming from a heart space um, because everyone's truth is their own. So, you know, it's just information. When I share my truth, even if it's, you know, from a higher self to you, it's just information. What you take from that is totally your responsibility. So sometimes I think being disruptive um, is, is actually a good thing as long as it's done from a heart space where you're not um, pretending that your truth is the only truth, that you know everything, um, that they're wrong is the other thing. Yeah. So yeah. it's just yeah. perspective and just people's mm -hmm. level of awareness. Yeah, totally agree with that. Um, you know, I don't think anyone's ever wrong. I just think that they are at a certain level of their expression. That's sure. just their, where, where their consciousness is at that moment. How can that be wrong? That's perfect. Um, you know, if, I think, you know what, I think that there would, it would be so lovely if, if the world took that vantage point uh, more and more. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine if no one was ever wrong, really. How would the world look? You know, I mean, that's, that's, that's mind-blowing, really. Sure. Imagine Imagine if our political leaders came from that impulse or that intention when they spoke to people or that they're never wrong. It's just a, it's simply where they are. So how do we work? Everyone's experience is their own, so no one can deny that person's experience. Um, with the, the quantum movement that I work in, we have an amazing group where we do share um, and we share our truth regardless of what it is. And because we're all learning to maintain our own space and our own energy and not take on other people's energy um, and also looking at the triggers as being a wonderful thing because it is that gift of what needs to be addressed. I had a conversation with someone yesterday um, who was being triggered by me and she told me exactly what she thought. Now, five years ago, I might have thought, wow, you know, and judged her and, and not liked her anymore. but. She said some pretty um, confronting things, things that might have confronted me before, but I recognise that that's all her stuff. She's only seen me through the filters of her own experience and her own insecurities and her own ego mind. It actually built us up and made our connection stronger, that we were able to be so honest and share that stuff without holding back and be in total honest truth. And I was feeling what I was getting. So it confirmed what I was getting. It made me trust myself more. And it made me trust her, that she trusted herself enough to be honest, that we could have a truthful conversation about anything. And that's, to me, what true friendships and true connections are about. Yeah, totally. And, you know, the more, you know, when I saw that other universe last incarnation, that's all that's left, it gave me a new respect for relationships. And, I mean, I mean I'd, I'd help people. I've written the light worker practitioner training, helping people to resolve stuff and things like that. But I got how important it was. I really got how the work that I have been doing and, and so many of us are doing in our own way is so ridiculously important. It's just so important. And um, it's interesting because I got, I had that conversation a few days before um, 5D TV and 
um, a crew of us were filming at the Discovery Expo where I saw you actually. I saw you. We bumped into each other finally. Yeah. yeah. It was we actually met. We met on in Brisbane at a, a pre presentation where I was on the panel the first time. Yes. That's right. Yes. The resonance. Uh, Lana yes. Marconi's oh, not first yes. movie, one of the first ones premiering here. And we we're on the panel together. That's right. I remember you listening to you and whoa. Um, and I just remember when I was at this Discovery Expo, I was, it, it just it was just after, you know, just after this intergalactic conversation. And I remember I, we're interviewing everybody there about how does the, the question, the questions that came through, Lauren, were um, three questions the night before, you know, and they were, how does our self-discovery evolve the consciousness of humanity? So a big question like, oh, oh my God. And then how do you do your own self-discovery and then what's the best self-discovery experience you ever had? So here I am listening to speakers and stallholders talking about their connection, their experience of how they're owning their self-discovery, you know, like how they're resolving, what they specialise in, all that. Oh my God. It was just mind-blowing confirmation to me after having that conversation as to how important um, we own the we own our journey. It's Absolutely. And, 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 and most important that we own how we are choosing to do our journey, what works for us, like you're saying, not just stepping into oh well that oh well that works for that person. I should do that or I should I should compare myself to that person because they're doing it that way. No. No, no more of that. You're on your own journey. This is yours. You have a responsibility to discover just who you are. That responsibility is incredible because when you, if we're all doing that, this is how our our human consciousness is evolving. So anyway, that's absolutely that. That's beautiful. And um, you were saying about the relationships, all of our relationships. Um, are really determined by the relationship we have with ourselves and how we speak to ourselves, how aware we are determined the quality of relationship we have with everyone else and who we attract. And that's working on ourselves and expanding our consciousness and our energy because we are connected all through that Aranda energy or the, the higher self or the soul um, unified field, whatever you want to call it. When we expand ourselves, we contribute back to that. Which yeah. comes back to what I'd said about the only real shift in consciousness will be an internal shift. The more you yeah. change yourself, the more we um, contribute to the whole, which is amazing. Yeah. And I had this thought the other day when I run by you. I, I thought um, we can't, we, you know, when we care for people, and I think as a society, almost an epidemic of people thinking when you care for someone, it equals you're worried, you're worried. I actually don't think that we can actually extend love energetically to someone if we're worrying and worrying and worrying about them. I just feel that's a real conflict of energy and there's a dissonance of energy. And I think if as a society we start to roll it back and go, actually, worrying is taking energetically taking or feeding toxic energy to that person. Absolutely. If we start, to, yeah, if we start to look at it like that, I think that our uh, 
people's responsibility, self-responsibility is going to increase as well. They're not going to think, oh, they're not worried about me. What's wrong? What's wrong with me? Blah, blah, blah. They'll, they'll hit their they'll hit their stuff around not feeling worthy if no one's mollycoddling them and worrying and worrying, but just showing love. What what's your feeling about all that? Yeah, absolutely. Any any worry, um, especially about other people's business, it's really not your stuff. Um, you know, you can support when when someone's in a situation, illness can be a gift. It can really yeah. all, we create all illness. You know, Absolutely. there has to be an environment for maybe different external things, but all illness starts from within. So for me, when I'm giving care to people, I ask them the question, what is it they need? And then offer that support because you can't actually give love to anyone. You can have a loving experience or you can love them, but you share a loving experience by um, respecting and honoring their ability to choose for themselves rather nice. than worrying and, and molly coddling and stuff uh, that's where yeah. compassion can compassion can become the opposite of love when we're doing that when we're worrying and we're we're being needy over that person we're actually enabling yeah. the sickness we're not yeah. actually supporting the health so that's mm -hmm. when compassion can become the opposite of love but really to love we'd be allowed them to experience themselves and offer support based on what they need and that puts the power back to the people to make the choices to move forward and heal for themselves i agree and also by doing that like the person perhaps who's usually worrying a worrier almost like to prove that they care if they care they're worthy you know and it's like yeah then they've got it like they hit their stuff around that now actually i don't have to prove myself to anyone i do love this person actually i love them enough not to worry how about yeah. that you know that kind of Worrying's taking on someone else's energy as well. It's not maintaining your own space. And uh, that's where it does become the enabler of whatever situation they're going through. Yes. And they don't get to learn from it. You know, you're prolonging them learning from it. Or change. Not you or prolonging. Change. I mean, in general, we're yeah. prolonging them, you know. Absolutely. Mm. And, hey, I was just curious too. Just um, do you want to do you, do you share maybe one of your up close and personal experiences or one of the ones that jump out at you that you like to share about or, or you like to, people to know um, with your experience. I'd love to hear one. I'm sure everybody else would too. Sure. Um, oh, there's, been, there's been many. I've had lots of um, what people call dream state experiences. Um, a dream, a normal dream, we often um, lose it within a few minutes of waking. It becomes like a distant memory where we may only get snippets of it. An experience in dream state is clear and vivid with color, sound, sensation. It's something that doesn't leave you. My first experience that I was conscious of happened at four. Now, I don't remember a lot of my early childhood, but that experience, um, what I could remember as a child, is as clear as day. I know. The, the flannelette pajamas I was wearing, the brown spotty sheets. Um, I had a sense of of um, time as well, which is very strange because I, at that age, had probably only just learnt to tell the time um, and didn't wear a watch from memory. But the details are so vivid, and it's the emotion that goes with it. Goes with it. Um, where when I recall that, I can, I'm experiencing it again. I can feel it in my body, and that was my first UFO. I woke in the middle of the night 
um, around midnight and I was drawn with a sense of familiarity, family and belonging to head to the window. And I pulled back the curtains and there was a classic disc-shaped craft a couple of hundred metres in the air above the treetops, probably uh, 150 metres away, um, over a local football field above some pine trees. And it hovered there for what seemed like a few seconds and then disappeared over the mountain. So um, I have had through some processes, some memory of actually being on that ship that actually only came about about six months ago when I was exploring within myself some beliefs I had that were unrelated. But those beliefs were picked up in that experience when I recognised I was in a human body and that I had this human life that I had to live in. And I was actually showing some of the things that I would go through as a point of reference to what it was to be human. Um, I had a physical contact on the 7th of July 2007 um, in my garden, uh, broad daylight. I was doing a standing meditation inside my crystal stone circle outside when I recognised a presence that had been telepathically communicating with me for a long, long time. And I was being told that I would get on stage and share all these things and that I would do all this stuff. And I was in disagreement at the time that I was going to do that. Um, I had young children, I had a family, um, yeah, so I actually said if I'm going to do that, you have to meet me halfway and I want to see you. And I was told that I wasn't ready and I assured them that I was. And at that moment when I connected through my heart, all these blue little orbs started flying into the atmosphere and pulling into a bigger orb then blipped into a being which I only saw from about the waist up and he was an Arcturian, he was blue, he had elongated head, but he didn't have the classic black eyes, he actually had pupils, almost Asian looking. He spoke through his mind, he was very authoritative, I could tell um, that they were quite technological in the way that they were speaking, very loving, um, and I still to this day wonder if it was a projection like a holographic projection from perhaps a craft that was cloaked or whether I projected it from my consciousness I'm still trying to work those things out and that's where to me discernment and even skepticism is important to me not just to judge and pretend I know what that was because there's always more to learn when we don't know um, so that was a pretty incredible experience and everything I was told is actually coming to pass um, uh, and I'm, I'm certainly being drawn into different platforms of speaking on yeah. stage and uh, sharing what I know. One of the yeah. most amazing, I've had two that stand out um, experiences where we saw live craft. I was with my sister who's a nurse and three of my children. Um, my eldest child that was there at the time was probably about 15, he's 19 now. I was in Mullaney, broad daylight, about an hour before sunset, and I just had that feeling to look up in the sky. And we were actually noticing bugs playing um, next to a power pole in the light. They were making a double helix. So there was this connection with genetics and energy and frequency uh, and geometry going on. And then we saw an aeroplane come across the sky. So we had different points of reference and sound and solid visual. And then all of a sudden a classic disc like the first one I saw came across and I got the telepathic uh, message there's more and five actually came across we all saw it 
they went across the neighbor's house so i climbed up on my jeep at the time i saw them triangulate and then disappear in, in what i call a, a cloud burst where it sort of bursts in and out uh, mm -hmm. as if it was moving energetically gathering energy opening up the fabric of space-time and moving whether it be interdimensional through what we call warp space at fast speed i'm not sure but that was pretty amazing another um, experience was the first time i was using my cellular resonance protocols where we spin uh things within our cells to really expand our frequency there was not uh 17 18 people at that group two people had such a shift just with the meditation uh they had an early start they did leave the group and i know now that they weren't ready for the experience that was coming we were doing it on a veranda because it was raining when the rain stopped we went out into the field that i'd um prepared earlier with our uh circle and our what would you call it our centerpiece that we do our honoring and um, make it creating a sacred energy and protection and we were just doing normal protocols and all of a sudden through some clouds facing north several kilometers in the sky some lights came through and we had lightning off in the background so you could see what that light looked like it was six lights five in a row and one slightly left at that time when we connected with it as a group all of the gear shut down so the phone uh, died the monocular which had five hours left on it drained everything turned off except for my sound equipment which i couldn't control and it brought on a new clip that had been sent to me uh, by a composer called um, brian collins who puts all his contact music into 432 hertz so that's that heart love intelligence of the universe frequency excuse me it started to play the song uh sorry the music and it went in repetitions of beats so beep 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 and then it would get beep, 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 really really fast oh we've lost you we just then me michelle yes i've got you i think the resonance is in, you know yes. confirming yeah. <laughs> i often affect electrical equipment so yes. as, as the song went up another frequency between the six lights, if you imagine three pairs of two, these beautiful white cylinders of energy just appeared. And then inside them was orange light, like an old coil light bulb that goes like that, but the yes. energy was going up. And then as the music changed again, three beams of light came out and they traversed the sky kilometers into the sky really, really fast and lit it up. They also made, um, uh, I think it was a cube in the sky. It was a pattern anyway. It all stopped and all the gear came back on. 10 minutes later, we talked about it. I went over what I saw, everyone agreed. All of a sudden, someone said the lights are back. Again, yeah. the music shut down, the music started, bam, bam, bam. We had the three lights in the sky again. This time they made the flower of life and then jetted all over the sky. It was phenomenal. The energy was amazing. Nobody could speak. Uh, even I had trouble finding words. It did start to rain, so we all left in a bit of a hurry. One guy gave me a hug, and all he could say was, best contact we've ever had, talk soon. And we all left. The whole way home, there was blue, like electrical energy coming out of trees off the ground and the clouds in the sky. Um, there looked like a cloud over the Glasshouse Mountains that looked like a mothership. And yeah. one couple had driven from... Um, Conondale to Ipswich which is about a two and a half hour drive and that 
Cloudcraft followed them home and they saw the blue light everywhere. So that's that's pretty amazing. I love that. Oh, it's so beautiful. And I appreciate you sharing that. And I don't know if you can see this, but that is actually what I am still looking at since I, I mentioned it to you earlier on. See how there's the um, one on the other side that's got the, you can see me, I'm definitely there, but then you can't see me. So and I'm still looking at that right now, Lauren. So there's, you know, a confirmation going on that I'm here, that I'm not here. And, you know, just like we're more than, we're more than this human experience. That's, that's the message coming through. Um, and I love your stories and I know we're running out of time. We've got like one minute left. So I'm going to make some announcements. First sure. of all, I'm, I'm going to make some announcements for you because I'd like people to know where they can find you. Um, if anybody wants to find Lauren, um, you can head over to her website at laurenkirth.com. Uh, sorry, Lauren, I better put my glasses on. That would be Lauren M. Kirth. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Lauren M. and uh, connect with her and find out what, where she's doing her next events. Um, if you'd like to uh, watch the trailer for Arenda, um, there's the link for that up on the screen. And if you'd like to download the movie and buy the movie, this is the actual movie, uh, watch the movie link. Um, the Arenda uh, premiere on the Sunshine Coast will be on the 22nd of August at the Caloundra Big Screen Cinemas. Um, and I can confirm at this stage we have Jean, a, a question and answer panel um, happening afterwards. And um, it's going to include Jean Sheehan, Raylene Byrne, Naomi Whitmer, Tammy Pike. Um, and I hear you're not going to be here, Lauren, so that's unfortunate. But if you're here, you're here, which will be wonderful. If I'm here, I'd love to be there, yeah. In spirit, you'll be here, that's for sure, I know. And perhaps we've invited Mary Rodwell as well, and I'll be emceeing the event. So um, I look forward to, to that. Thank you so much for joining me today. I've, oh, my God, I could keep, keep talking with you because I've I've had experiences myself and I I'd like to share some more of those. So anyway, I'll find an opportunity to do that. But it, it's just been such a joy. Thank you so much, perhaps, Lauren. Perhaps we could have another conversation another day. It'd be great. Yeah, love that. All right, thank beautiful. Thank you so much, so much more to share. Thank you so much, Michelle. And thank you to the listeners and watchers. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye.